Hi everyone and welcome back to the Charming China podcast. My name is Isabel Sum, I'm born and raised in Germany and I moved to China in 2016 to establish our company. I started this podcast to let inspiring entrepreneurs and experts share their stories so you can learn more about the Middle Kingdom. It's aimed at building a bridge between the East and the West and to create more cultural context. Today's guest is Caroline, a Swedish entrepreneur who makes people aware of the bad air they might be breathing. Her and her boyfriend's company makes air monitors and installs them in various places in India and all over the world. We discuss how bad the air that we're breathing actually is, and she gives us some interesting insights into the study field. If you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes so more people can find it and learn from it. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Caroline. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much for being on the show, coming all the way to Nanshan. Yes. So, yeah, we met the first time today. So, And also, actually, I don't know so much about you. So can you give us a short introduction about yourself? Sure. So my name is Caroline. I was born in Sweden, but my parents are actually from the Czech Republic. So I spent a lot of my life over there. And I came to China for the first time in 2013, so I think that's almost six years ago now. And I basically came like with an exchange program. So me and my whole class, we came to China together, 25 people, and mm -hmm. a few of them went to Shanghai. And I went to a little town called Jinan, which is not really a little town, it's nine million people. <laughs> But okay. in China, that's like a little town. China standard. Yes. <laughs> so I spent a semester there and then I moved to Beijing for an internship. So the total was one year. And after that, I just decided to stay in China. So that's what I did. And I also met my boyfriend the first month I came to China. Uh, now he's my fiancé. And after living in Beijing for about two years, we moved to Shenzhen. So that's where we are today. And now we have our company. We work with air pollution. Mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate about that topic and just air quality and environment and health in general. Mm -hmm. Did you find out or learn more about this topic or become interested when you were in Beijing or was that already Definitely. a thing? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what pollution was before I came to China. Okay. Like I must have been so naive or, you know, just from living in Sweden, there's no pollution. Like we don't know what pollution is. We don't think about it. I mean, especially a few years ago, nobody really thought about it or I didn't. But then I came to China and like I said, I came to Jinan first, but After the first month, it was the national holiday, so we all got one week off and we went to Beijing. And when we went to Beijing, I started to feel like headaches, my eyes were all like, I don't know, like I couldn't see and my throat was getting worse. And I was like, what's going on? Am I sick or what is going on? And apparently that was the worst polluted day in Beijing the whole year. And that was oh. the first time I heard about pollution. I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can get really pretty bad, right? Very bad. My uncle also lives in Beijing. And mm. um, I just know like even my cousin, sometimes he has like, you know, always trying to get something out of his throat by yes. yeah, just coughing exactly. or something like that. And it would be black. So you get mm -hmm. like a shock the first time you see that. Mm -hmm. You just blow your nose and it's all black. And you're like, mm -hmm. what is that? It's so scary. But that's how it is in 
Beijing, and that's why we moved to Shenzhen. Actually, after two years, it was kind of too much, and Shenzhen was just the perfect place for business and also safer from pollution.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Do you know which city is kind of like the best city regarding air quality in the world or、uh, in China? Both. Do you know both? <laughs>、uh, it's hard to say because so what we focus on is monitoring. So using a monitor so that you know how the air is. So we can say where it's bad, but we can't know for sure because there are places where no one is monitoring. Like、uh, there would be places in Africa or even in Asia where there are no monitors at all, and we don't know how the air is over there. So、mm-hmm. before we can measure the whole world, we won't know where is the worst or the best. But、mm-hmm. definitely, Sweden has a few monitoring stations. The air usually gets to like AQI about ten to fifteen.、Mm-hmm. While in India, where I mostly work, it would be the lowest would be hundred, hundred fifty, and when it's winter, it would go to three hundred, five hundred, one thousand, two thousand. Oh my gosh! What's the highest you ever measured? About three thousand. Oh my gosh! So the safety standard is fifty. It should、oh. not be more than fifty. And there are some different standards across the world, like because of the weather conditions, or some countries are more humid and these kind of things. But I would say around fifty.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've seen three thousand. That was also in Delhi during Diwali when they have like their celebrations, and it's also very cold. The temperature is dropping, which makes particles go lower to the ground, so they stay with you.、Oh. If it's very hot, they will evaporate and go higher.、So oh. That's why it's the pollution is always worse in the winter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that in China as well. Yeah.、It、kind of like a little bit more scratchy than usual. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed anything in Shenzhen? Hmm. Not so much, to be honest. I've lived in Hunan before in Changde.、Okay. There, it was also okay, but some days it would be bad, and we just figured maybe it's just depending on how the wind is blowing. Also. Exactly. Yeah, because you could literally see like. Also, of course, we checked our phones for、yeah. the exact、uh, index, but sometimes we, you could just see it. Like it was a little bit more dusty、exactly. in the air. Exactly. That's what、yeah. I thought first. It's just fog, but then、mm-hmm. they told me that's smog. I was like, "What is smog?" So it's like the pollution.、Mm-hmm. So you're not safe, and that's the most important thing. Like the awareness has to increase about the problem.、Mm-hmm. Like people don't know what they see. Like if you can't see it, how would you know it's damaging your health?、Mm-hmm. And probably also different people react differently to it, right? right? Like my mom is really sensitive, yeah. So she'll get like immediate like coughs and everything. I'm, I think I'm kind of more like not so sensitive, so、yeah. I, I will only <laughs> notice it much later. That's true. Yeah, it really depends, like、uh, what kind of background you have. If you lived like in the forest all all your life, like my parents kind of did, and my dad is like his nose is a sensor, so when he walks around, he would sense it right away because it's so different to him the pollution. But I think us, like younger people, we travel a lot now, so we are more experienced in the world, and we get like the pollution all the time. So now we're getting used to it, but it's still damaging our health.、Mm-hmm. Interesting, cool. So your company does monitoring. How does it exactly work? So basically, we specialize in low-cost monitors. So I'll tell you a story about why it's so important to have monitors. Like,、mm-hmm. why would we even do this? Why are we focusing on this? So. A man is at his work. It's a normal day. He's starting his day at work. He takes his coffee in the cafeteria before he heads into the area where he's working. So he finishes his coffee,、uh, washes it off, and it's time to head in to start the day. So before he's going in, he needs to go through a detector. So 
This is the same every day. He would go through the detector, start his work, but today is different. When he walks through the detector, it starts to beep off, it starts, the alarm goes off. And he's very confused. Why would the detector go off when I go inside? Because usually it should go off when you go out, because he works in a restricted area. So he's very confused. He tries again and again and again, and the detector just keeps going off. And now the line of colleagues is just piling up. Everyone is trying to get through, but they cannot. The detector keeps going off. So he thinks something is wrong with the detector itself. But what I just described to you are true events. It happened to a Swedish worker in 1986. His name was Cliff Robinson. And he was working at the nuclear power plant in Sweden, in mm -hmm. Forsmark. So in 1986, maybe you know the year or not, but that was the year when the Chernobyl disaster happened. Mm -hmm. And this event, which I just told you, happened just two days after that Chernobyl disaster happened. And at this time, nobody knew what had happened in Chernobyl, that something went off and everyone was panicking over there, but the rest of the world had no idea. But more than 2,000 kilometers away, a man is walking into a power plant in Sweden where they had the detectors to sense if there's any radioactivity. And instead of when he's leaving, it's when he's going into his work and his shoes, his clothes, it's just like so much radioactivity. How is it possible? You just came from home. There should be nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's how people found out about the Chernobyl disaster. And it was from this power plant in Sweden. And that's why we have monitors. Because the monitors and the sensors, they will tell you something which you can't see with your eyes. Mm -hmm. So that's why we focus on sensors. So sensors, which should not be expensive. They should be low cost. And you use them to measure the air around you. Even though you know, oh, I live in the forest. It's great. It's safe. But you never know what can affect you from somewhere so far away, like Chernobyl mm -hmm. did, more than 2,000 kilometers away, carrying the radioactivity with the winds and just spread all across Europe. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Maybe we're all radioactive. <laughs> yes, <That's>... exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, interesting. So basically, you provide these low-cost sensors for private consumers then, or who will be like your customer in that regard? I would say it's... Usually it's B2B because it would be more like schools. They want to have the monitors in their schools, in their classrooms to make sure the air is safe. Uh, it could be hotels where you have small, small rooms, which are usually very isolated. Or it can be offices because most of the time we spend inside. We don't spend the time outside. And usually the inside air is three to five times worse than the outside air. So it's usually B2B, but I see a very big increase, like even from the consumer point, because now like the portable monitors, which we can make, it's just like a tiny little box. You can just carry it anywhere, go to a hotel, go to a restaurant, and you would see like, okay, what I'm breathing here is not really good. Mm -hmm. So the, the trend is increasing, but it's more from that B2B perspective. Like people want to guarantee safe air. Mm -hmm. where their guests or visitors or clients are coming from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I always worry about the air I'm breathing when I'm in the gym. Yeah. Because then I feel like, oh no, like I'm, I'm heavy breathing and exactly. I don't want to like breathe in dust or pollution. Yes. So. And that is yeah. like one of the concerns many people have. Exactly this. People who are athletes, they spend a lot of time outside breathing and even in the gym. And when you're exercising, you're taking in much more air and much faster. And your blood vessels are more open so that they can absorb the pollutants even more. And it actually happens quite often that someone would 
pass away and people will be like, wow, he was so young or she was so young. She was so healthy. She was just 35. How is it possible? Yes, because maybe she was running outside every day, breathing the pollutants and they clog your arteries. So it gets very easy to get a heart attack or a stroke, something mm. like this. So definitely oh, really? you should be... So so basically the pollutants that you breathe in your lungs, they will be absorbed by your lungs and then go into the bloodstream? Exactly. So there are oh. different kind of pollutants and we measure them like with different sensors, like the major ones, and then by different sizes. So if you ever heard like PM10, PM2.5, so PM10, they are much bigger. They will go into your nose and they will kind of stay there. They will not keep going because they're too big to be mm -hmm. absorbed. But particles which are smaller than PM2.5, they will be absorbed. They will mm -hmm. keep going into your lungs and then they might go into your bloodstream. And then you have PM1, which is even smaller and they can even penetrate the brain barrier. So they are Ooh. the most dangerous. And I would say that one, the worst one is like from diesel cars. Mm -hmm. So I know in Germany you're doing mm -hmm. a good work now to try to like reduce the use of diesel cars. Unfortunately, countries like Czech Republic, they're like, wow, cheaper diesel cars, we'll take it, you know? <laughs> so oh. Germany might be better and better, but other countries are still learning. That's mm -hmm. the problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I also didn't even know about... I mean, also, I didn't really, uh, you know, research about the topic too much. I know. But Me too. <laughs> yeah, nobody really does, right? Yeah. And then probably there are many people who have interest in not having everyone know because then they need to stop their operations exactly. or they need to implement more expensive, like, filtering mechanisms Definitely. or something like that. Yeah. That's why we always think like the first step is to measure. So if you measure the air, you will know, do I have to do something or not? Some people start to wear a mask or have air purifiers or something like that, but they don't even know how the air is. Or maybe you think you're safe at home, but not outside, but it could be the opposite. Mm -hmm. So that's why measuring is the first step. And we had that situation many times when we went to a restaurant or a hotel and the air was horrible. And we would just let them know, not in an impolite way, just like, this is what we are breathing and we are like paying to be here. And then they would get kind of scared, but they don't know exactly how to fix that. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're also trying to communicate, like, what are the solutions, mm -hmm. really? Cool. So what are they? Can you give us some examples? Like if I'm a restaurant owner and you checked my air and it's horrible, mm -hmm. what, what can I do to improve it? I mean, the best thing is to just take a look at the ventilation system. So a ventilation system should take the fresh air from outside and take it in, but the air should be clean already. For example, in Delhi, that's a problem because if you take the air from outside, which is so polluted, and take it in, you will have even more pollution. So for the ventilation system, you need filters. And that's when you have like HEPA filters, activated carbon, because the activated carbon will absorb the pollutants, so they will not come through. Mm -hmm. So that's one way. Put filters, which are very effective, and they don't have to be expensive at all in your ventilation system. Number two is you need to isolate, you know, all the leaks which you have if you have windows or doors or whatever. Isolate it. And the last thing would be if it's a restaurant, the pollution is usually coming from the kitchen. So just make sure like that area is kind of sealed off and then that they have a good, you know, exhaust system in the kitchen because... Is your workers, so they should absolutely be breathing clean air over mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, for example, like barbecuing or something is really exactly. bad, right? <laughs> it's really bad. Okay. It's shockingly bad. Okay. So I don't want to scare you. I mean, I scare myself every day, but this is like, <laughs> this is what I do. And 
I think it's better to know about it than to not know about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Also, can you explain a little bit more, like, what are the risks? So heart attack, you mentioned, is one, but yes. are there any other, you know, like, problems that could occur in the human body? So definitely. First, you should look, like, at the different ages, how sensitive people are. So in Europe, about 500,000 children under the age of five die every year because of pollution and that's just because their immune system is not strong enough yet and they have smaller lungs which means they take in more air because they need to breathe faster so they're more sensitive and what happens it can be different things lung cancer which takes longer time to develop but other things like which are direct i would say like the heart attack and you get asthma and all of these things they just lead to even more health effects mm -hmm. so so yeah. it's just generally better to have healthy air and definitely, clean air definitely yeah interesting so but you're really young mm -hmm. let's say like maybe yeah. we're the same age or something but like how did you kind of decide okay I'm going to start my own business now and also with this very specific topic which mm -hmm. I find is great it's like a very important noble cause so what was your line of thought like you were here in China and then you didn't want to just take a normal job like can you explain like oh how was your thinking like so basically after my first year in China when I was doing like an official exchange year I just decided that I'm not done here, I'm going to stay. And plus, I had met my boyfriend, who is now my fiancé, so of course there was another reason to stay. And after that, I continued to study, study Chinese, and I also took some distance courses, and then I did a master's program from Sweden on distance. So those were like my first years in China, and I was still not sure really what I wanted to do. I tried a lot of different things, but... This idea and this about air quality and pollution, that all comes from my fiancé. So that was his idea all along. He has been in China more than 10 years. He has seen the worst pollution that has ever been in Beijing. He has seen how quickly the government could change it and really make people aware of it. I mean, if you go to Beijing, everyone will wear a mask. If you go to Delhi, nobody will wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You will see like maybe one person and that person would be a foreigner. Mm -hmm. So the awareness is really low in other countries uh, compared to China. So that was his idea. Like He saw how the development happened in China and he thought this has to come to other parts of the world too, like India, because he's from India. Mm -hmm. So he really saw that that was needed there. And at the time when I graduated, so that was about two years ago from my master's program, I had some job offers and I was thinking about it, but then I thought I should do this with him. Mm -hmm because that was like a startup idea and I was already at that time very interested and scared of pollution. <laughs> so I just joined him. So now we do everything together, basically. Nice. Yeah. So basically the reason why you stay in China is that you manufacture the, your senses here and then yeah. your main market is India? At the time, right now, yes. So the main market is India, but I see a lot of potential in Europe as well because of the awareness being really low. But when once people find out, they are quicker to take action than they are in India. In India, even though it's such a big problem, they will not prioritize their health today the most. They would take it in the future when it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. But uh, here in Shenzhen, because Shenzhen is a tech you know, city, anything you want to get done, you can get it done here. So this is where we develop the monitors with our team. So we feel it's much better to be here. You know, China has a very good background in handling pollution. You get 
all the good ideas from here and we make them here and then take it to the world. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> so you're saying it's pretty safe to live in Shenzhen. What, what is the area index here like? Yes, I would say Shenzhen is pretty good. And on some days it gets to maybe 100, 150 I mean, I would say no pollution is good pollution. It should be zero, right? But that's impossible. So in Shenzhen, you're still, I mean, much safer than other parts of China. It gets to 100 on some days, especially in the winter, 150, maybe 200 on the scale. Mm -hmm. But most of the days, zero to 30 or zero to 50. Oh, that's pretty good. Yes. I didn't know it's so low. Yeah, because we are close to the ocean. Mm -hmm. So we get a lot of wind here and there are not that many factories which would contribute to the pollution. Mm -hmm. So actually, I think Shenzhen has moved a lot of the factories out and they're just moving more and more of them out from even Guangdong area. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess the problem is also that we're always just, as you said, we're moving the factories, but then we're moving yes. them so somewhere else. And exactly. then the problem is there. So Yeah. Uh. And just imagine Shenzhen is an amazing city. I really recommend anyone who wants to do business or learn about China to come to Shenzhen. I mean, look at all the public transportation, how quickly they can just change that. So since January, we have 99% electric public transportation in Shenzhen, buses, the taxis, and of course, the subway. But imagine where did all those buses go and all mm. those taxis, which are gas, where did they go? I mean, did they just destroy them or is some other city using them now? I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But also while living in Changde, I noticed like we have very old taxis there. Right. And uh, all the tier one cities have really nice and new taxis. Yeah. So I'm guessing that they were just kind of like, you know, getting whatever's left, exactly. which is cheap or either for free and then just yes. use it until they are broken, exactly. totally broken. So yeah. they can't just throw it yeah. away. That would be a waste. Like, mm -hmm. So many taxis and buses, they have mm -hmm. to go somewhere and put to use, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a struggle. Yes, <laughs> it's, it is. It's never easy. No. Do you know if there are any like other ways, for example, as you know, factories or something? Are there any good ways to be able to filter or something your exhaust, or is it sometimes? I mean, what are like factory big factories that cause problems? Like, which industries are, for example, bad? It really depends, like which country or city we are talking about. But there are ways for factories to use either renewable energy or use new technology so that they don't have to pollute. So mm -hmm. that's one. But then you have like countries like India where they still use... So there are different sources of pollution and what is causing it. So, for example, near to Delhi and northern India, it's crop burning. So farmers who are done with the harvest at the end of the season, they'll just burn the whole field, acres and acres of fields. And all that smoke will come and cover whole northern India, actually, with pollution. And that's just because that's the cheapest technique they can use. Mm -hmm. But that would never happen in Germany. They would have like advanced like tractors and machinery to handle all these things. I mean, Czech Republic even has problems because the way they heat the buildings, the houses, they just use coal and wood, which is also causing so much pollution instead of using, I don't know, heating with water or something like this. Mm -hmm. So it really depends. Every country mm -hmm. has like their own problem. <laughs> yeah. So you have to take it one by one. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I feel like this Chinese New Year, we stayed in Shenzhen. Mm -hmm. And I actually felt like it was also, even though it wasn't bad before, but even during Chinese New Year, the air was even better. Yeah. I feel like. And that's because I guess most factories shut down. Exactly. All the workers are on holiday. So yeah. 
it's crazy that you can. I, yeah, I remember it. that time. I was also in Shenzhen during the New Year, and I remember right before New Year, the pollution levels were going up.、Mm. So I felt like okay, they're like trying to finish and wrap up before the Chinese New Year. So they were like. Working even harder, so、yeah. the, the levels were quite high. But then during New Year, it was it was like heaven in Shenzhen. It was、yeah. so empty. <laughs> it was so empty, so quiet, and like so nice weather. I agree, it、yeah. was the best. Yeah, cool. So I just learned you also speak Chinese. Yes, I do speak Chinese, and that's just like I've been here for a long time, and I just learned it by myself, like dealing with everyday situations. But if I would give one tip to anyone who is coming to China or wants to come to China, and that is. To learn Chinese, like、mm-hmm. you have to learn Chinese. You are in other country, you should know the language at least a little bit of it. So、mm-hmm. I just had to learn. So you speak Swedish,、yeah. English, Chinese,、yeah. and and also Czech because my、okay. parents are from Czech Republic. And I actually went to a German school for nine years in Sweden.、Oh. So I used to be fluent in German, but now I haven't used it for so long. So. <laughs> I can't really. I can understand German very well, or read, or if I watch a movie. But to speak, it kind of mixes up with my Chinese. So yeah, really, yes. So、okay. I was traveling when I was in Hamburg. I went to a bakery and I wanted something, and I would be like,、uh, "Ich möchte," which means like I want. And then I said something, and then she was like asking me something. Oh, do you mean this one? And then I was like, "Do it, do it, do it." And I was like, "Oh no, that was Chinese."、Oh, because it's just a reflex to use the Chinese.、Yeah. So I think my brain is all mixed up.、Now. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> it does happen. Like we were also just. Back in Germany for a while, and while we were there, we went to、uh, Switzerland, but the French-speaking、oh, part. Nice. And to make it even more complicated, we went to a restaurant that was kind of like a Italian restaurant, <laughs> but the owner also spoke Spanish. Wow. <laughs> and then my fiance was also like, "Nigger,、oh, nigger,、yeah. and then oh no, and I see, and oh my god, I know you get so confused all over the place. Yeah, just too many languages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it's cool. And you and your boyfriend speak English together.、Or? Yes, we speak、okay. English together. Sometimes Chinese, if we want to talk about someone <laughs> behind their back. So we use a lot of Chinese because I think in the Chinese language there are so many words which are so useful, but we don't have them in English, or they're just easier to use and faster to use.、Uh, I have to think of some example. Maybe okay, I can't think of an example、mm-hmm. right now, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think some things are more compact. Yeah, and exactly hit the thing that you want to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. So he also speaks Chinese. Yes, I mean he has been here for more than ten years. He came in two thousand eight, so、mm-hmm. that was like the Olympics in Beijing. So he was very fascinated about China. So he came here, and yeah, he learned English very fast because he deals with a lot of manufacturers or companies and. A lot of business, basically, and you need to know Chinese for that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely helpful for yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, awesome, cool,、mm-hmm. and maybe also about your products a little bit more. Like, do you have like, like different、uh, models or different sizes? And also, how do you bring them to the customer? Like, India is also close, but it's still a little bit far away. So,、yeah. do you travel there often, or what are, for example, your ways or strategies to, you know, grow your business as well? Basically, so we have two kind of monitors. There are for indoor and there for outdoor. So for indoor, we are measuring 
other things which we might not measure for the outdoor air because for example for indoor air the co2 is very important co2 is when there's no fresh air coming in from any source like open the window or you have a ventilation system if co2 goes up people start to feel tired people get headaches and this is very common like in classrooms because you're so many people breathing the same air is circulating so co2 goes up so an indoor monitor would tell you about these kind of pollutants like regular pollution which comes from outside and also co2 and then for outdoor you're measuring other things things like what comes from the cars like from the exhaust like nox and ozone all these kind of pollutants so we have two categories outdoor and indoor and i would say to take it to india it's kind of hard like we had to start we started everything by ourselves and we really wanted the awareness to to increase first so what we did is we created a platform which is called aqi.in so in is for india and aqi is air quality index so we placed more than 300 monitors outside all across india just so that people would have the knowledge about how the air is. So people would go to aqi.in or our app and they would see this is how the air is. And this was the fastest way for us to get into the Indian market. And that was to get the general population's, you know, attention. Mm -hmm. Because I think any other way would be quite hard for a new company. And especially with the awareness being quite low about pollution or people don't really know what to do about it. So we just started by getting so many users to our site. And once you start to look at the app and you see the data, you get you get worried. You see like, okay, this is the air today. Maybe I should not go out jogging. Mm -hmm. And now people are so used to using apps in their phones like you want to see how much you exercise or what you're eating you put like the calories and everything so this is just one more thing people should add to their phone mm -hmm. they should see how is the air i'm breathing because every day we take eleven thousand liters of air but people worry about oh did i drink two liters of water today <laughs> so okay that's yeah. really what people should think about mm -hmm. wow stupid question maybe but is it legal do you just place them anywhere and it's legal you can just leave them there or you had to ask for permission yes so basically we contacted a lot of people who are interested in the air quality or being safe and we got their permission to place it on their balconies their roofs or their shops these are people who are like our patreons they're supporting our work so they place them and they would have the best data right because the monitor is right by their home mm -hmm. so it's basically their locations and if you go to the map you would just see like oh this is this street in Delhi. So we have GPS, but it's not 100%. So still for the people to be safe, not give out their address or anything. But <laughs> yeah. Still that you know that it covers like a big area. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I'm also wondering, like, is there a community around this whole, like, you know, air quality pollution problem, like other participants who have, you know, other initiatives to help that and that maybe you guys could also collaborate with? I mean, I'll just tell you the biggest one right now. That's Greta Thunberg from Sweden. So she's a, I think, 12 years or 13 year old girl. Yeah, she's an activist. She's active about environment. She started the Fridays for Future strike. So she's just a young girl. She started to strike by going, I don't know in where in Sweden, but like a department maybe of 
environment or the government building, I don't know. But she started to go there every Friday protesting that something has to be done about the climate. Mm -hmm. And then she started just this whole wave around the world. It's called Fridays for Future and you just add the city name. So there's like Fridays for Future Berlin, Fridays for Future Frankfurt. And these are all kids who picked up like, what is she doing? This is so good. We need to do the same. And they're just protesting, making politicians like really listen. Because that's what she said. You guys know there's a problem, but you're not doing anything about it. You can't just say things. You have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I think she started such an amazing trend like for people to really become more active. Mm -hmm. For us, it's more like this is really good because the awareness just has to increase. That's mm -hmm. all. Yeah, and I guess kids can also... It makes sense that they're more interested because they have longer time in front of them. Yeah. And they want it to be, like, sustainably healthy. Exactly. And, yeah, and they can't change so much themselves. So it's good that they raise awareness at least. Yeah. And yeah. even, I mean, okay, I'm not as young as her, but I still feel like we are younger. And I really feel like our parents or grandparents, I mean, what did they do? Like, they just started to do things what they thought was better, but they found solutions which are not good. Like, look at the plastic we use. They thought, oh, this is cheaper. Let's just use that. And now, look, everything's plastic. It's just ruining our planet, and now we have to take care of it. And that's the truth. That's what everyone said is going to happen. Like, your kids will have to take care of it, and that's us now. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. Interesting. And I'm wondering, um, for, let's say, business corporations, I guess if I'm a manufacturer of let's say, air purifiers, mm -hmm. I would really want to, you know, collaborate with you guys because you guys kind of directly send me customers. Right. Do you have any collaborations on that? Any partners? Not really. We do. We have made air purifiers before, but we don't really focus on that because that's a very temporary solution. And an air purifier will only circulate the same air over and over. You're still not going to get any fresh air inside wherever you are, inside the room which you are. You still need a ventilation system to take the fresh air in. So I wouldn't say air purifier is the best solution, but Like buildings in India, they don't even have ventilation systems. They just have windows, so you can't even open the window. Mm -hmm. So yes, then you kind of have to use an air purifier. But I would not say that's what we focus on. Mm -hmm. yeah. I see. Cool. So how is it for you living in China? I love living in China. I think China is so... It's developing very fast. And as soon as you start to you know get into the culture more or get into you know knowing the people then you really have the most amazing time i've had a lot of foreigners like come to china and my friends and my former classmates who i came with here first even interns in the office and just i feel like they were not open minded enough i feel like if you complain 50 to 100% of the time Like, what are you even doing here? Like, why would you choose to come to China then? Like, what did you really think you would experience here if people don't speak English, okay? If you can't eat the food which you like. So why why would you come to China? I just, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think, I think some people just really, really can't accept the fact that China doesn't really want to take over everything that 
their country might exactly. be doing. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to be kind of open-minded. Try new foods. Yeah. Um, talk to people that you might not talk to normally and exactly. just get to know them. Yeah. yeah. And people, they're tr are always stereotyping and, oh, why do people do this in China? And people, I don't like when they do this. But just imagine, like, how many things you don't like people do in your country. Mm. That's why I left Sweden in the first place. I just, I want to get out of here because some things I just don't like about Sweden. So I came to China. So everywhere you go in the world, you'll have people doing things which you don't like or which you don't agree with. But that doesn't mean the whole country is bad. Mm. It's just your experience with certain things are bad, I think. Yeah, totally agree. You can never be like 100% satisfied. Yeah. If you want to be 100% satisfied, just make your own country. Yes, <laughs> definitely. But you should have air monitors in it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Or stop polluting. That yeah. would be even better. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I think that almost leads me to my last question. Like, what do you think is the most charming thing about China? Okay, good question, but a uh, very easy question for me. I would say the people. So... If you get to know the people and you get friends or colleagues or classmates who are Chinese, you'll see like what is the real China because people come from everywhere in China. They all have different stories. And that's what a country is. The country is like it's people. Otherwise, it's just a place. I mean, how fun is it to go to a place and there are no, nobody's there. There are no people. So the, I think, yeah, the most charming thing is the people I just love. Mm. All yeah. the people here. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, I totally agree. It's the same with like going on vacation or anywhere. Wherever you go, it's just more fun if you take people or have people there that yeah. you're fun, that are fun to be around. So. Exactly. Yeah. It makes the whole experience much yeah. better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So, and are you planning on staying here longer? Like, are you? Do you see yourself like living here for the rest of your life? Maybe even. No, I mean I have been for here for a while now, and my fiance has been here for really long, so. Now with our project, we really see like the potential in Europe and US. So I go there a lot for work and I talk to people really interested and I see us moving, I don't know when, but in At the, some point in the, in the near future. future. <laughs> okay. Quite near future. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And if people want to learn more about your project, your products, or maybe connect with you, how could they find you? I think the easiest way is just uh, LinkedIn. Search for my name, Caroline Hassel, H-A-S-L. I'm the only one with that name, so I'm, I think people can find me. For like business things, if you want to collaborate or if you even have questions about air, like I'm scared about pollution, what should I do? So LinkedIn is the best for that. But if you want to know about China and life in China, I have a blog, carolinehassel.com, where I write about my life in China or traveling. And if you want to see, you know, things about Shenzhen or where I go, then you can see that over there or even Instagram for some cool spots in Shenzhen. Nice. <laughs> I will definitely check that out later. Good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So Caroline, thank you so much for sharing your infos with us. Thank And you. Very interesting. I learned so much. I hope so. <laughs> I don't want to scare you. But <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We'll just handle the problem without being too scared. <laughs> yes, exactly. Great. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>